Radio Days Africa podcast is brought to you by the Vids Radio Academy. Africa 2020 is about to go live. Um, panel discussion of the annual Radio Days 2020 conference. Uh, and I'm joined by the Deputy Minister of Communications, uh, Binky Kekana, the Rock FM Station Manager, Ike Musia, uh, the Executive Director of the South African Committee Radio Forum's Provincial uh, Secretary, Raymond Mujabilo. Now, as you may know, community radio stations are an important contributor to the three-tier broadcast landscape in South Africa, with well over 10 million listeners every week. However, their existence has been characterized by an ex- existential uh, challenges that have gone on for quite a while, right? The global pandemic couldn't have been much easier as well, um, creating or, or making, highlighting some of the challenges more blatantly. We have invited the panelists today uh, to unpack some of these challenges and possibly uh, through this dialogue come up with solutions that could help probably move this sector forward and maybe come up with contributions that could make um, the sector a bit more viable than it has been in the past year. Um, I, as you might know, this is new territory for everybody else, including myself. And I think conversations online have been quite um, challenging, uh, notwithstanding the, the digital divide that exists uh, from communities. I am coming all the way from Meloli. Um, and uh, with that said, there are some connectivity issues that we might be experiencing. Um, so please bear with us. I wanna take this opportunity to thank all our sponsors um, and for affording us this opportunity. Without further ado, maybe let me just uh, introduce uh, our panel, and maybe start first with um, the Deputy Minister. Deputy Minister Pinky Kekana, how are you? Minister. Hello. I think there might be some technical challenges there, maybe, or let me just start. Uh, I think everyone else is having uh, challenges with audio. Raymond, are you are you able to hear me? Uh, yes, Zendia, I can hear you. Great, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank, uh, I'm good thanks. And how are you doing? Great, thanks. So maybe just two starters off. Obviously, I mean, you sit as a secretary of the provincial structure within the community radio landscape. Maybe you could just give us a bit of your assessment of what the sector looks like and what have been some of the the the, the highlights uh, that you've experienced uh, working in the sector and what have been the lowlights. Okay. Good afternoon, Zandi. Good afternoon to all the attendees. And uh, before I go further in with my remarks, I must just say today, um, simultaneously on the other side, there is a memorial service of uh, Mr. Karabo Makwiben, 
who was uh, quite a pivotal character to the communitarian sector from the GCIS. Um, and uh, it is with the, at this moment, a, an honor to have this session, especially because I would understand um, that um, he would have loved to see these kind of things happening and he was passionate about the sector. So it is um, quite uh, an emotional day for the sector itself. Uh, sincere condolences to the family and the colleagues and the may his soul rest in peace. Um, with that said, um, I would say that the community radio sector has been one of the most pivotal one, especially considering the fact that mm -hmm. its proximity to the communities where they are uh, broadcasting and uh, despite the fact that uh, from time to time it is suffers to be painted with the same brush, all of them, um, the smear of the you know unprofessionalism and uh, infights and so on and so forth. And those are some of the historic challenges that the sector has met. This, although we are not saying that they are all eradicated, but then uh, there's been some progress made. Um, and uh, as one person would say that uh, there are um, uh, 10 steps forward and perhaps uh, 11 more backwards. Um, the progress is seen as we see now, there are a number of stations that are emerging, those that have been consistent in delivering to their communities. Um, the, the number of stations that now can be able to say we are compliant, um, the number of stations that can be able to say they are seeing growth in terms of audience, um, the numbers that, I mean, the stations that are saying that they are closer to the, to the departments or municipalities where they are going. The sector itself is, uh, I mean, breaking in a number of uh, audiences, and I'm sure we'll, we'll delve much deeper into that as we go. Um, but uh, it is also one of the highlight, the number of people who are now today in commercial radio or in a, um, a public broadcaster who come from this very same sector. Um, people who have been passionate for years and have, they've craft, they've uh, honored their craft to a point whereby they were able to be noted and uh, to be absorbed. So there, there are a number of highlights and there are a number of challenges the sector has, uh, but you know, working parallel, in parallel sense, um, we are going forward and there's nothing that is going to stop us. I mean, like the sector at the moment, uh, you know, uh, contributes towards almost 2 million of the, of the radio audiences come from the sector. So that clearly tells you that uh, with no one being forced to listen to every sta any station and uh, with listeners spoiled for choice, I'm clearly convinced that it means that there is something that they're getting out of the radio stations that they are able to reach within their communities. I'm glad that you, uh, you touch on the, the, the concept or the issue of compliance uh, in the community radio stations. Um, that has been one of the thorny issues, uh, particularly since last year's event where I think about 19 community radio stations were taken off air uh, due to non-compliance. Um, could you just maybe from just a sense from, um, from what, you, what you can take from the situation is, do you think that the current conditions uh, or the compliance uh, regulations are easily adaptable by computer registrations with very little background or not? Or would it be, um, are, there, are there existing challenges that it force computer registrations not to be able to comply with their stated regulations? Um, the, I would say that the, the biggest challenge is that in most cases, in all honesty, I think that um, communities are not um, given the same opportunity as the other community radio sector. Um, 
and I am I'm ready to be taken on in, on that point uh, to say that it's very uh, seldom that you hear that the station X has been closed because of compliance, if it's commercial or community. And I understand the capacity and understand the um, and I understand the, the the financial muscle that require, that is required uh, in order for one to have a compliance office set up in a particular radio station, ensuring that all the compliance issues are dealt with. The legal team that would make sure that the stations are able to um, get the, the, the regulations and interpret them in a way that they make sense to the stations. Um, so I, I think that it's just something. Remember, one of the biggest challenge of community radio sector, it is uh, skills retention. And you find that every four years, both are being voted out. Um, and uh, you might find that at some point, one person who was, uh, you know, capacitated enough to deal with the issues of uh, I mean, compliance in the board, perhaps needs to recuse himself, uh, especially now with the issues of uh, the uh, CSD, and of which is another challenge that we'll get deeper into it. And I'm glad that um, the deputy minister is here. She has been uh, uh, giving us a, a good ear to listen, so I'm sure she would continue doing that. So, so again, it's uh, that issue, capacity building and lack of skills retention. That uh, if uh, Raymond has been a station manager of uh, a particular station, um, and then he's now given a very good uh, market-related salary job elsewhere, and when he leaves towards the end of that uh, particular license renewal, what then must happen? Uh, so, so that's where then as a sector we still struggle. It is not a problem that lies only with us, but I think that is also a regulator to come on board. Uh, instead of because what 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 I will, what we observe is that in most cases, um, instead of just being a, 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 a an agent of change, the regulator would then come in as a police. Uh, you've you've committed an offence and I'm now going to arrest you. So I think that's also a relationship that needs to change. And I think that's where the government, with its vision of community radio sector enshrined as part of the community uh, as part of the broadcasters, then can be able to play a, a role in making sure that uh, instead of waiting for stations to not comply, we can actually get them to comply. Uh, we can engage in this because we stations are facing different challenges. So the more you engage with stations, the more you'd be able to understand, uh, perhaps even create solutions for now and for the future. So, so I, I think that's just one of the biggest challenge that uh, you know, there's uh, you know, um, um, high turnover, people are leaving and when people leave, Sometimes they live with the wealth of knowledge that would have assisted the stations. Um, sometimes you find that um, because of lack of staff, um, we then find ourselves with uh, some, with so much of the compliance issues because it is uh, compliance, it's a license renewal, perhaps even four, three licenses that you need to renew. So the complex of issues that uh, the sector is sometimes uh, is faced with. Dr. Panka, um, I'm not sure if he's online. Um, Dr. Panka, Sekwan. Hello? Yeah, I actually wanted to pick up with him, um, particularly, the, I mean, you raise a very important point about the, the skills retention and um, what, what, what mechanisms are there to ensure uh, that the number of people that we actually train um, in the stations don't actually uh, move unceremoniously without having proper planning in the space um, and, and I think it's the foundation. Um, I wanted to hear from Dr. Panka uh, on the interventions because uh, um, central to this particular challenge um, 
is is the fact that you aren't able to keep the kind of people there. And and, and if we, we intend to have a regulated uh, environment, that becomes a critical uh, 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 part of the, pro of the problem. Um, uh, I don't know, if, Minister, if you could just maybe possibly switch on your, your, your video um, uh, so that we can pick, on, uh, pick up on some of the, the points that were raised by Raymond um, with regards to regulation. Um, um, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making the time and joining us for this conversation. Um, thank you, Sandy, and thanks to Mr. Mujapilu uh, Raymond. Good to see you. Ankashakwani, I hope uh, he's with us. And Isaac Musia, thank you for the invitation. Yes. Um, so as um, Raymond was um, explaining that there's been um, a challenge in terms of how the, the setup of community regulations, I mean, they've been in existence for a very long time. And maybe we have idealized the idea of how they should be formulated or how they should be uh, put together. Is there not an opportunity now to actually probably review um, the framework of community registrations and how they're set up so that we then are able to then address some of the challenges that Raymond um, has highlighted with regards to skill retention, uh, with, with regards to uh, them being able to be sustainable in the sector? Thank you very much, Zandi. Um, I think last year, and, and let me also admit that um, when we came in as this administration, we really took the issues of uh, community radio uh, closer to our hearts. And, and not only now with Minister Davini Abrahams, but the first intervention was done through me and myself and Minister Mukonyani. And it was during the time when CENTEC had, had switched them off because of non-compliance issues, which Mr. Mujabu spoke to. And, and MDDA and ourselves and GCIS had to come together to say, what support systems do we need to put? That's one. Two, we also said to ICASA, you shouldn't go to community radios with salted whip. Let's look at the underlying challenges. And then if it's a regulatory framework, let's see if there's no intervention that cannot be done. And that's why we have the Community Broadcasting Service Regulation of 2019 mm -hmm. uh, as one intervention to improve on the licensing framework uh, so that we enable a better evaluation for, for applications because many people were saying we're applying and so on. But there was also the issue of moratorium, which was lifted as well last year around this time, 26th of July by CASA. Now, over and above that, um, the, the invitation for pre-registration was also uh, put in place so that people can start to do all those things, especially for community sound broadcasting services and radio frequency spectrum, so that People can do that pre-registration so that evaluations and other things when they are done, they know which areas they have limitations and so on. And that has been updated this year by ICAS on the 24th of January. Mm -hmm. So these are the kind of interventions that we have made. But we also convened a summit, which I did um, on behalf of government 
with all community media because some of the issues, I know we're focusing on radio uh, because um, it's Radio Days Africa, but we looked at community media broadly and say, how do we bring in support so that uh, the sharks don't swallow the sardines and so on? So we, we looked at the totality of things. And we even called um, uh, the current MEC of Education, uh, Comrade Panyazan Sufi, with his experience in the media sector and so on. And there were issues where we also said, look, on compliance issues, guys, it's a non-negotiable. But where there are challenges, where you guys cannot comply with CSD, put together your own body. And that time it was NCRF and whatever bodies that were there. And we said, um, Treasury may not be looking at these things in the correct way. And I'll give you an example, Zandi. If you are in Lepalale and, and the president wants to go and do uh, Imbizo in Lepalale, Treasury would say for community radio, three quotations. And you need the community of Lepalale to benefit. So are you saying Lepalale must beat, Muleti must beat, Mama must beat when the, the event goes to a particular community? So we said to Treasury, certain things on the CSD are not applicable, especially in the community radio space, because if there's an inviso in a particular area, we'd want those people to maximize in terms of information and all other things that will be happening. So differently, but let's also with MDDA look at how best do we make sure that all of you comply from SARS, from all also picked up was in order you are not. So even consistency in leadership and all those things was also a problem, including communities not also owning up into a community radio station in the true sense of it, because it was Mujapelo and his wife and his uncle and his friend and so on, they came together. Yeah. And now they claim it's Bella Bella radio station. So we also wanted to look at governance issues and say, how also do we improve that? Because this is an important tool that assists our people to get messages broadly in their own indigenous way. I know the issue of, 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 of um, Retention has been a big challenge, but it has a plus in it. One, community radio is a breeding space for commercial and public radios. But also, it may also, it is up to a community radio station to, to make itself relevant and competitive. So those are the other things that we thought uh, those are the other things that we thought. I saw. Um, I'm no longer live. No, you are live. That Mr. we thought. I, 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 I can. Oh, hear. Um, uh, oh, my video. Yeah, don't worry. Okay. I can. I can hear. All right. So those were the things that we thought. Uh, you guys, you know, it's like looking at an imaging company. It must always image. No, 
a community radio station must also make sure that it is relevant to its audience and it keep up with the pace and the competitiveness. Uh, where I'm, it, I'm, I'm glad you are highlighting the issue of um, growth within the system, right? And within the community space. But my, my contention with that particular idea, Minister, is that um, when, when you are in, in a con constant uh, uh, position where you're constantly reconfiguring and retraining, the, the amount of human resources, the amount of resources that is required for you to train and retrain um, new entrants to be able to then continue with the progress of growth in that particular space is not, um, not properly supported. And therefore, then in, inevitably makes uh, stations obviously move one step forward and then 10 steps back. Um, from the framework and from just from an understanding, because, and, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate that there's a, there's a greater interaction with the, with, the, with the sector itself to find out what are the challenges are. But as government, surely from the conversations that you've had with the sector itself, there must have been certain areas that you feel these could be like our low hanging fruits can be changed very quickly to try and transform the, uh, the sector a lot more quicker, quicker, but also then assist the, state, uh, the, the sector to actually grow in the speed and in the, in the, in the manner that um, is envisaged. Minister? Yes, Zandi. I have yes. been missing you on some of the things, but um, yeah, I think I think we should look. Um, you know, there are some of the things that are unavoidable. Upward mobility for any other person—that's one. But two, uh, as as a, as community radios, the issue of innovation and creativity will be very critical to make sure that you attract the required skill, that's one, but you also retain that skill, including uh, putting minimum requirements to say, at least uh, you should be able to save for a particular period. And that's why in most of the challenges that community radios face, you get more volunteers than people who who can be able to be appointed and, and form part of the structure. One, precisely because they're unable to have sustainable income that can be able to attract those, but two, um, precisely because of, of those challenges, people are willing to volunteer and get exposure and do all these things, and then later on move forward. And it says to us as government, then the funding model has to be looked into. And, yeah, and I'm, this glad, I'm, I'm glad you highlight that, but can we just, I just want to find out from, um, just, just hold that thought for a moment, because I really don't want to, I, I, it's, an, it's, a, it's an additional part of the conversation that I really want to get into, but I'd really like to just get uh, your thoughts, Raymond, on um, the minister's assessions on um, the idea that you guys are not being creative enough um, to be able to retain um, staff um, that are able to then move forward the, the sector? And also, um, what is it that you've been doing to also then try and address some of these challenges that she highlights? Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Zanti. Thanks to the minister. And I must, I must then say that uh, her office has been one of the listening office um, 
Uh, we, we have had some engagements and we are happy that she continues listening to the sector. Uh, and I'm also not a very big fan of a pity party whereby we come here and we cry that we want. Um, one, I, I think she's, she spoke about the issue of CSD. Mm. You understand that uh, many stations today are struggling because of the issue of, of CSD. I think it's a great concept. It just needs to be reviewed. One, as soon as you are a teacher or you are working in an office uh, in a municipality, that already then tends as a conflict of interest in the if so you can't serve in the board. Whereas the community member, I mean, the uh, station member support in community radio stations, they're doing it voluntarily. And uh, so it means that you're also going to need people who are going to at least offer some support uh, with skills, with knowledge, and so on and so forth. And if you can't get those people to come and join, then you might find yourself now struggling because you don't have the necessary know-how uh, because the people who have know-how can't serve in the board. And uh, with the issue of skills retention, look, it will take us a long time. We, we need to be frank about this issue. First, community stations sector today in the country is still a voluntary sector. Mm. You, you cannot then say you're going to compete with a station X that uh, is a commercial radio station or a public sector. So now we are in a bittersweet moment. When a Zandi is leaving the station, you are celebrating it because we, we feel the greatness that you have achieved uh, to have contributed towards the one's growth. But that can come three months or even two months. And then I'm, I'm speaking from an experience where someone comes, join the station, do an excellent job, uh, serving a probation and uh, three months down the line we're like you've passed your probation now we want to get you into the station to start any particular session then comes so in that space you we, we skills retention is going to in fact be at a time where we say we have transformed the sector into a point where voluntarism it is no longer a, a factor that much because you can imagine there are some countries uh, like Canada where perhaps uh, voluntarism is possible at the age of 35, I can uh, have a very mm. good uh, market and go and, uh, and serve in a particular station with my knowledge, with my skills. But now we, the people who are volunteering are new graduates uh, who are the stations competing for the same with internship programs. So, so it's just a, a, an, an issue that uh, would need to be looked at, not only as the stations failing to retain them, but question is, uh, how are the funding models? And I'm sure you spoke about it. Now, if you want to touch on the issue of uh, funding, you remember that the idea of our government of today was to access to information. And access to information, it means that from someone in the CBD of Johannesburg to someone in the rural, rural Eastern Cape or, 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 or in Mpopo, whatever the province might be. So some of these uh, community stations, they are now surviving um, in a places where economic activities is down to the ground. So how then do you say they, they, they need to be able to, to make this? And it's not impossible to do so. It is possible, but it will need two hands. And that's one hand of the station's uh, administration, but the other hand is where then the government can come in. And Let me sure just interrupt you there, uh, Raymond, right? You, you, you quite rightly speak about administration. And I think I'm picking up from one of the, the participants here on the chat, which is, I mean, I've seen it as well. I mean, as a, as a, you know, as a former practitioner and, and somebody who's volunteered in community radio stations, you know, generally a lot of the community radio stations struggle with mis mismanagement of funds, right? Um, and as uh, Andre um, rightly points out, um, what mechanisms are there within the sector itself to self 
uh, regulate, right? To ensure that um, the mismanagement of funds uh, and like, like, the, like there is a, a basically like a law or like um, a, 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 an ethical conduct that everyone, every organization that comes in or, or any, any licensee receiver is forced to actually abide by where you then understand that these are some, because also, I mean, we, we can pass the patent to government, but I think it's also important for the sector itself to self-regulate and also come up with um, ways in which that they can assist the system and actually show the government and other supporting partners um, how organized we are and what is it that we envisage as a sector. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Correct. Uh, I, I must say that, yes, we've had uh, member stations at some point being involved in uh, uh, such reports, and uh, it's just a pity. But I think that uh, what, what needs to be uh, the, the biggest conversation is that um, how prepared are the communities that are being you know, uh, entrusted with a license? And uh, some of this comes when uh, perhaps uh, one particular community, a grouping in the community get that particular license, and then um, the next door to the very same, then there's another community coming in with um, you know, another application for us or even a contestation. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that uh, that also then tells you of the, um, the, 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 the need for ICASA to, to do due diligence in terms of awarding of licenses. Uh, as uh, Minister earlier on alluded to the fact that you might find that me and my wife uh, are starting a radio station as a community registration, only to find that that's not the case. So, so it means that due diligence needs to be made. And uh, the, remember the moratorium came because of the mushrooming of radio stations here, there, and everywhere. So now it had to be hold to say, let's really look at that process. And yet then the process that we have now, I think that is going to address some of these challenges uh, whereby we are going to have um, the, the pre-registration and the registration and all those uh, processes to a point whereby we can be rest assured that the community, and as soon as that happens, I think it would regularize. But on the other hand, um, through some of the programs of the NCRF, it is to try and, uh, and promote the issue of uh, capacity building within the sector. Mm -hmm. um, it is to lobby support to ensure that uh, stations are given the right tools. And when I'm saying, I'm not talking about stations, I'm talking about the board to the management. Uh, and um, the idea of community registration is uh, reviewed and, and, and uh, revisited in a sense that when we are as community radio stations, we need to remember that uh, we are serving communities and the best uh, interest should be with the community, not with the station members, not with the board, not with the DJs on air, but with the communities. And I'm sure the more we do that, the more then they will, they will be able to participate, the more they'll be able to engage with the station even better and even more deeper uh, to what we are seeing now. Because you ask yourself, if then they, if, if they say there are infights within the station, where's the community of that radio station? Because the license belong to them and not people in the community, in the station. Good question, indeed. Panga. Um, so <laughs> this is also another thing about the sector itself. It's quite fragmented and there's like, uh, uh, um, many organizations, I mean, there is NCRF and there is that foundation. And there's, and I think for us, I, we just want to have a sense of um, when are you guys going to get organized? What does the foundation intend to do? And what is it? That, what is your contribution in the sector? Please switch on your microphone. I, I, I can see you, but uh, you, your, your mic is off. 
Your microphone is still open, Dr. Punk. There we go. I am I am now all right. Yes, you are perfect. I'm okay fine. now. Yes. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much because I've been waiting so patiently, but I'm a big man anyway. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to, to to thank the deputy minister and then the Mujapi there, my colleague, and then yourself, Auzandi, and then all people that have made possible this program to be alive. And then also want to send my condolences to Ntate Karabo Mokubela's family. Uh, now, you're saying that the, you know, we're living in a country of democracy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we are going to have one, uh, an association that has a one mind, so we'll be like a fixed-minded society. And mm-hmm. we need a flexible-minded society where we'd have various ideas and thinking, you know, uh, in the sector. Yes, uh, I have been listening attentively so keen to the minister when she was talking about uh, how the sector is being conducting and then in the time of uh, uh, the then minister Makonyani and then on that day Mujapil um, um, when he's responding to a, a question of uh, creativity and you know in terms of the sector but uh, there is one thing we've been looking at uh, the the research one it has been done by a uh, university uh, radio uh, in terms of a uh, community radio state of affairs in South Africa. But there is one element that has not been looked at, it, which is the volunteer that you are now referring to. But the main question is, the South African Community Radio Stacy, uh, Foundation is here to see to it that the, the, the volunteer within community radio stations are catered for. One, one has to look and ask for this question, who are these volunteers? Why are they volunteers in community radio station? What, what are they going to Because we have been concerned about the skill retention. Why are they leaving the community radio sector? But for me, it's that the, uh, 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 the community radio sector has been treated as just a, a platform for training people to go somewhere else and volunteers are not have been registered Volunteers are being just treated as an unpaid labor. The question is that, is it this cheap labor market? Uh, we saying community radio station is coming and passing. Uh, we saying people within the community radio sector cannot come up with creativity. So uh, what we are saying now, we are so grateful that you came on board, wanting to know about us more. We are planning what we call it South African Volunteer Award, which is going to take place on the 5th of December. We want to acknowledge and recognize all those volunteers that have been working, you know, being undermined, even in my own station managers. You see a station manager come with a double-decker beggar, and then a volunteer doesn't have evening a lunch. And then when these people look at the station manager, they would say, you are just a volunteer. I'm a station manager. I'm the owner of the station. So us is to see to it that the station's um, volunteers are being registered. We are looking at establishing what we call it a um, uh, community radio insurance group, whereby we will try to insure all volunteers that are working in community radio station. Looking at what is happening during this uh, COVID-19, and it has impacted okay. a, lot, a lot 
on on a, a, a community on radio station. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one would um, so also like to... Dr. Panka, um, uh, now, now, now my question then, I think then, and I think you raise very important issues, right? Uh, Minister, if you could switch on your, your camera, please. Uh, I just wanted to pick up uh, on some of the points that are uh, raised by Dr. Panka. There's an assumption that the community radio sector obviously functions as is without taking into consideration the actual volunteers themselves and the contribution that they make into the sustainability of the sector itself. Um, and I think there's been like this, I think we're running the risk of having a particular um, constitutional rights being, uh, being infringed on, right? As Dr. Panka rightly points out, the idea of cheap labor, um, the the inability for 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 the for the equitable um, recognition of volunteers into the community radio sector, um, what is government's take on that? Or is it do we leave it at that, knowing the the kind of um, socioeconomic um, backgrounds uh, that uh, exist in the country? Look, there's something that you touched on, on the fragmentation of the structures within community radio. They have to consolidate. And once they consolidate, they become many many voices, but one message to government, and then be able to be assisted. And and that's the message we said even during the, the, the summit last year. And I will give you an example. And I like what Mr. Mujapulo said, disparities within community radio station. Why is Bush community radio station doing very well? And why is uh, Energy or Mulechi or all of them doing the way they're doing. I mean, I have been, and it was an unfortunate uh, situation, but even before that, you know, Dr. Panka um, reminded me of one of our best guys that we lost in uh, GCIS. This is one of the few uh, guys who taught me community radio station and, and its capacity to reach out to 9 million people through GCIS and may his soul rest in peace. I'm saying um, community radios have to be organized in such a way that even if the structures are there, it's NCRF, it's the foundation or whatever, consolidate because you have common issues and make sure that as you approach government, you are able to speak to things that are integrated in your needs and we're able to look into that. That's one. Two, I know we were talking to University of uh, Limpopo, Vets and and a few others to say, what are the training programs that we can bring so that there's capacity building, there's relationship between MDDA and so on. And unfortunately, when I was in the middle of that, then the new administration came in and I have to uh, make sure that I support Deputy Minister Siweya on that because I still have the role of the public broadcaster. So we also need to look at that. But the other issue that I also said to community radios, 
learning lessons from Channel 408 of Parliament. Why can't community radios, because they, they are located in a particular local municipality, make local council life? And, and the municipal council, uh, councillors, people are able to tune in, ask about their own what councillor and so on, what is coming in our ward and so on. And the municipality is able to do, to, 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 to do media buying and this advertisements and this, all those things. So, and, and this has been one of the things I've been saying to them. Make local council meetings live and then see if you can't have from resources from municipality, including the CSD thing. You have CFOs in municipalities. I mean, I mean, let's be realistic. For that kind of, I mean, for that kind of outside broadcast to happen, the stations need to have some form of resources there. And, and primarily to that is the government's ad spend. I mean, we have been for eons in talking about how government should be supporting community radio stations and using it um, for advertising and so that community radios can generate some form of income to be able to, to build that kind of um, capacity. Um, you speak about the organization of the sector itself, but how do they organize when even the government itself cannot even um, keep to the promises that it has um, uh, made pr uh, provisions for in terms of increasing ad spend so that community radio stations can then build this kind of capacity to be able to do the kind of intervention work that you speak of about speaking about community issues at the ground level. How, where, 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 where does the back stop? I mean, who then takes the decision to then say, okay, we are going to do this and so that you guys can be doing this. How do we keep each other accountable? You know, one of the things that, that is my weakness with me, it's patience. Mm. I have been holding the hand of community radio. And that's why even now, when I got this invitation, I said, I know I'm responsible for public uh, broadcaster, but I have a sentimental attachment with this sector until I see them up and running. Because some of the things that Deputy Minister Siwaya will be dealing with will also want me to rise to the occasion because I'm also responsible for the SABC. And I'm mm -hmm. saying, we, we really need to hold hands and, 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 and make sure that certain things, and I'll tell you why. In some of the areas where there were challenges, we made municipalities to give community radio stations uh, sites and, and space for free. So some are even located in municipalities. That's the intervention we have made. So that if there's any announcement, if there's any advert, if there's anything, the municipality and the community radio can, can be able to, to, to share on some of these things. So we, we, we can only do uh, that much, but mm. you know, we, uh, we must teach our guys how to fish and yeah. not bring fish to them. So regulatory framework, we are responsible. Other doors where they say uh, uh, pinky push, they know, but Raymond, we push as hard as possible, but they too have a responsibility. And and uh, uh, Panga, I think, you know, one of the, the, the best uh, legacy 
uh, of volunteers that I saw. I mean, if you look at Radio TEF, Radio TUT, and so on, that's where these kids they learn more about community radio and so on, campus radio. And by that time, they are already alive. By the time they go to community radio, some of them are not uh, brownfields. You know, in the mining sector, they will say you are a brownfield or a greenfield. Already they hit the ground running. Thank yeah. you very much. I, Musia, um, so I, I'm happy that there's actually a practical example of a a, a, a presenter who's moved up the ranks from being a presenter and now station manager um, to, you know, to run the station. Just from your experience, how has that been? And do you feel supported? I mean, we speak about skills retention generally in, 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 in the station, um, in, in, the, in the sector itself. Do you feel that you have been receiving the kind of support that could make you feel confident enough to be running the station? And um, has, has there been um, avenues that are readily available for you to get the kind of assistance um, um, that you need to, to make sure that you are compliant and run the station as, as profitable as possible to, to sustain it? Thank you so much, Zandi. Um, greetings to the panel, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. A great pleasure to be part of this discussion. Yes, Mezandi, I think um, it's 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 a it's a bit rocky road that I'm I'm, I'm about to, to to embark on. Looking at the foundation, mm -hmm. I think the foundations of the community radio stations are are, are solely a bit rusty, to say, are, are destroyed, uh, in mm -hmm. the sense of it's an NPO that is run by many voices. There are a lot of intervention or not intervention interference that is taking place even if one is trying to to to, to drive the station into the right direction um, but rightfully so because it's an NPO NPO uh, everyone it's, it's a for the community but now when it comes to decision making that's where the problem is you see most community radio stations they spent almost about 70 percent trying to resolve squabbles and politics politics, inside politics, there's no, there, there's no time to implement, uh, the, to, to capacitate the presenters or even to take the station to the levels that they ought to, 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 to reach because of the foundation. And I will, I will, I will say uh, the support is readily, readily so, but because of the infights or of who's who in the, in, in the, in the station is a problematic. And this is where we also need um, the ministers and, and, and our heads, maybe the foundations, to look at that oh, intensively. So, Hore, uh, how can they, 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 they help uh, that there's one, we, we plow in one basket, not, not the predecessors, not the community trying to say, no, we also, it's our station. We want to be uh, making decisions for the stations. And now, not, not for the good, or, but maybe out of influence, uh, of some other motives you'll, you'll never know. But I'm, I will say, should we, we, we consider the fact, even, even I hear the, uh, the panel speaking about the volunteers, uh, the lack of support, uh, monetary-wise, I think if we fix the, the thing of saying, community radio is a non-profit organization, it, it belongs to the community, wherefore everyone has a voice, as a way to say. It's like we are saying, Everyone is pregnant to live, to deliver a baby, but there are no midwives. So that's that's a challenge that I'm looking at. 
And I think we need, as the Deputy Minister said, they're going to uh, maybe review or uh, come up with remedy. I think that one is also key to say we will need a body to make to be a decision-making body. Not everyone who's who feels that they are entitled because it's a community. Uh, now everyone, the community has a word, uh, the politicians have a word, the church. So all those things, I think they need to be looked at. But I, then, and then I asked my question, isn't that your responsibility? I don't, don't you think, I think, don't you want some form of independence to be able to make those decisions independently and then come with a consensus from that? So it, basically what you're telling me is that uh, in your autonomy, you guys are struggling to get yourself in order. Therefore, you're making it very difficult for anyone else to come and assist. I don't know if that's, if that's the same thing that you're hearing, Raymond, uh, from, 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 from what um, Ike is saying. True, uh, because it's like we it's a, it's a pull down uh, when when one wants to, to rise to the occasion uh, because it's ours. You know, you know the the the, the NPO is ours. There's no one who's uh, to to make a sole decision. We're not we're not saying maybe we can count it as we can say maybe fifty percent or fifty one percent can be given to a certain uh, uh, body and say. You run for two years. Maybe, maybe ICASA or the department can say a certain individual, a, a leading business leader in, in, in the community, you take 51% charge of the station and then all the NPOs come in in support. And then so that when it comes to decision-making, paying of the salary, uh, uh, the, the sponsors, the, the money coming in and accountability, you, you are the one to, to, to respond to all those needs. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, because it's ours. Even the, the, the former or the predecessors, they will say, we still have a say in that station. It becomes mm. difficult. Interesting. Well, your final thoughts, uh, I'm going to start, I, like he's like just opened another can of worms. Uh, and unfortunately, I think um, I'm literally left with like 10 minutes. Maybe just as your closing remarks, uh, I'll start with you, Raymond. Uh, yeah, no, time flies. Mm. One, there are, <laughs> There are a few things that the minister said that uh, I will address shortly, but uh, I must say that community radio sector, community radio stations, they are capable to run on their own. Mm. There's, there's one mistake that we sometimes make, that uh, when there's a challenge that gets so popularized in one station, as such problem, then it's, uh, it's painted as all the sector. And I think that's a wrong message that we are sending. At this moment, there are a number of stations. I mean, like uh, there, there are provinces where when you get there, you find that the stations, I mean, the sector has been able to move forward. And one of them being Northern Cape, a very good example uh, that you rarely hear about stations having such problems. Yeah. And, and, and again, now coming to my province, Eastern Cape, you know, you, you can be able to put pull um, examples from where it has worked and where sometimes it needs to be revisited. One, you've got one station in Etala, um, in the deep Eastern Cape, where the station is working very well. And one of the um, one yeah. of the uh, the supporting factor came from the fact that it makes business with government, and it is not requesting for handout. It had it has programs that the government are so it's a customer supplier relations, and it works very well. So hence, I'm saying that the sector is not coming with an empty bucket saying we are requesting. The sector is saying, let the 30% be used because the stations have programs and the stations have a whole lot of inventory of business. So 
departments that are taking money back to the treasury because the communications budget is not being used, they need to be held accountable. And where the money is being spent, it means that as soon as we treat each other no longer as children and parents, but as customer supplier, things are going to change. Awesome. Um, uh, Dr. Panga, your final uh, closing shots, maybe just, um, I'm sorry, Raymond, I, just in the, in the interest of time, I can see you have a long list and you're never going to be able to go through all of them. And I think you raise a very important thing. The relationship dynamics really need to change. Uh, and Dr. Panga, from your desk, um, what are some of the, in like 30 minutes, you know, I mean, 30 seconds rather, um, your final patching shots to the minister and probably to the rest of the panel about what needs to happen going forward to make this, the sector work a bit more cohesively and more sustainably. Well, uh, uh, thanks for allowing me to give uh, my closure, but uh, I want to say we from the foundation would seriously call for the establishment of a, you know, a legal platform where we can discuss the issue of a voluntarism because we are so worried about the, you know, the, because if you look at Cezandine, community radio is more voluntary related, it's more voluntary powered, whatever percentages we may even say, but the, for me, it's like some of the volunteer people that are volunteer are being treated, you know, shabby, which for me, some of the action are resonated with the mentality of slavery from the sector. And, you know, we may call, we need one body, we need democracy allows space for, for every idea to come in and all of those things. But uh, I also challenge you, Auzandi and the Honorable Minister and my colleagues to join the South African Foundation for the Volunteer Award of the Year, which is going to take place on the 5th of December. We need to support our people that are working because the sector without healthy people can never be a healthy sector. We may call it whatever we want. If you work with people that are hungry, they will never come up with creativity. They will never do anything. Thanks. I don't want to take your time. I Thank have more you. to talk to say a lot. Thank you so yes. much. Deputy uh, Minister. Thank you. Thank you, Sizandi and the panelists. Um, if you look at the current crisis of COVID-19, radio is and will always be what the audience tends to. Because they want to hear and upkeep with the developments about the pandemic. So what remains critical to all of us is that radio will not die and not anywhere soon. All we know is that it is evolving and it evolves in a very rapid way. We have not spoken about DAB, by the way, mm -hmm. and, and other developments in the technology space. Mm -hmm. So we need to keep up. Two, content remains key how you attract your audience will be very critical. Mm -hmm. And lastly, agility. And agility does not only refer to, to our radio stations, it's, it cuts across how responsive are we as uh, industry to make sure that we keep up with our audience and the listenership. 
it's what is going to be um, very critical. Thank you so much to our panelists and everybody. And please continue to engage Deputy Minister Siweya and MDDA. It's very critical. Thank you so much, Minister. I, Musia, maybe just as your final parting shot, what are some of the key issues that you'd really want us to, uh, to focus on and now that you actually even have the minister's ear? Mentorship uh, should be a priority. We need to be mentored by uh, public broadcasters so that we can know how they are doing things, uh, that they take us as their baby sister because we are doing the groundwork down here. They should uh, maybe uh, look at us as a baby sister. They should, if there's a management issues, they should come and say, guys, we can uh, train you to, to, to even the presenters to so that they can be sharp on air. And uh, another point is the, the minister should also help us to, to be accountable, <laughs> especially when it comes to the money. Like, like in that day, uh, uh, my panelist also said, uh, there's a money. The community mm. sustain itself. Just the, the mismanagement is the, another big issue, whereby even the, the, the customers will leave the station because of mismanagement. So I think if there's accountability where the money is being audited, not after three years, not after five years when there's a AGM, but regularly as part of training our finance department, I think that can help us a lot. Thank you so much for everybody for being part of this session. Thank you so much for making yourself available. Um, my biggest thank you to the minister for availing uh, yourself and being a servant uh, and listening to all the parties uh, that have been participating in the program. Uh, we also want to thank our available uh, sponsors, uh, Aona, uh, NAB, and um, the Zetstudent of the Department for this wonderful initiative. We hope that um, you enjoy the rest of the conference and, and that this um, session was as insightful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Zandi. Thanks to everyone. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for joining this Radio Days Africa session. Click to watch or download the podcast. That was a Radio Days Africa podcast brought to you by the Vids Radio Academy.